Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's turn to begin with over in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. I'd like you to turn there first of all this morning. And uh, we're going to be talking about healing this morning. And for a few weeks here on Sunday mornings, we're going to, of course, it's really, we're talking about faith, but for, we're talking about in specifically faith for healing. And uh, we're going to be, I, I believe so, or some won't be here this coming Wednesday, but when I come back, we'll be talking about faith again on Wednesday nights as we're not near done with that subject of faith. But let's look in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse, verse 8 here and 9. Chapter 13 of Hebrews, verse 8 and verse 9. We're talking about, I want you, I want, we've, see, we've got to know some basic things in order to be healed. We have to know some basic things in order to walk in healing. And if, you don't, if we don't know them, then it's, it's very difficult to get, get, get healed. Uh, but now let's understand something here. That really from God's standpoint, you're already healed. You are healed. When you think about yourself, whatever your name is, you ought to just put healed in there. Michael P. Healed Jacobs, you know, whatever, whatever your name is. And you ought to think about yourself. But because of a lack of teaching along this line, lack of understanding, men, men and women struggled about it. If we'd have taught it correctly, the gospel, then people would be as established in this as they are the new birth. Of course, I realize there's churches that don't even teach that, but I'm just saying there are many that do. And it, it, what we should have taught is the, the full counsel there concerning these other issues that healing is included. So here we go. Let's, let's, let's understand something here in chapter 13 of Hebrews, verse 8 and 9. Jesus Christ, Jesus the Anointed One and His anointing, is the same yesterday and today and forever. And be not carried away, uh, carried about with different kinds and divers, different kinds and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. In other words, uh, you know, he's telling us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he ever did heal, he's still healing today. People want to argue, I'm not going to argue with anybody, but people do get, mentally they want to argue, well, uh, Jesus used to heal, but he doesn't heal anymore. Well, my argument for them is, uh, then the Bible is a lie because the Bible says in Malachi 3, 6, that I am the Lord and I change not. And right here it says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Evidently they changed. So let's just forget it then if he's lying about it. But he's not lying about it. Do you realize under the Old Covenant, as soon as they came out from Egypt in Exodus 15, he said, I am the Lord your healer. And so if he healed them under that covenant, now listen to me, if he healed them under that covenant, it must have been his will for them to be well. He's not doing things that he doesn't will. And there, the furthermore, that's an inferior covenant to our covenant. We know in Hebrews 8 and 5, the Bible says we have a better covenant. Established upon better promises. So if he healed under the old covenant, which is not as good as the new covenant, then he definitely heals under this new covenant. Now, I didn't say everybody's receiving it. I'm just telling you what's available. There's people going to hell today. They're not receiving heaven either. But that don't mean it's not God's will. It's God's will for them to be saved. It's God's will for them to be healed. 
And then he warns us here in verse 9. See, a lot of people never quote this verse. Don't be carried away with a bunch of strange doctrines. And then he even adds this thing about meats. Like, in other words, carried away with all this teaching on natural things and just a bunch of uh, 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 nothing, really. A bunch of minor stuff compared to the real truth. You know, if you want to take vitamins, fine, I take them. If you want to exercise, fine, that's good. It's good to exercise. But the Bible says that it profiteth only a little, those things. It's not some kind of super drug that you're going to take that's going to put you over. It's not some kind of super deal you're going to get into that's going to make you something. It's the Bible, the Word of God, and your faith in it's going to keep you healthy. Now, if there's natural things involved, that needs to be addendums to what I'm saying. But some people get off and make that the main thing and very little word in their life. So, you know, all the vitamins in the world won't keep you healthy if you're in fear and doubt and unbelief and resentment and bitterness and anger and all that. That'll kill you. I mean, they pump you through whatever you, the current best thing is, but you, it's not going to help if you're in fear, doubt, and unbelief. All right. So he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now let's go back here to, 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 to Matthew a minute, chapter 4. And uh, keep it in mind now we're under a better covenant. We're going to talk in particular in just a minute about the will of God. We're really talking about it already, trying to show from some these beginning scriptures that it is the will of God to heal us. If, Jesus, if it was the will of God to heal when Jesus was here, then it must be the will of God for Jesus to heal now. Because he's not changed. Now again, with this people, there's been not enough teaching on this, and then some teaching that's been a little strange, not, not lined up with the Word, so it's kept people in an infantile state, you know. Uh, there, there's, a, you know there's a lot of ways to receive healing. The number one way is to receive by yourself, just you and God on the Word of God, the authority of God's Word, and what the Bible says, having great faith, but not everybody's there. But here's the thing, God's made all these provisions to get healed. You've got elders that can pray the prayer of faith. You've got a, a people could anoint you with oil, put something on your head, you know, dab a little dab on you so you feel that. And then they, he set gifts of healings in the church. Just think about that. I mean, you know, that's the anointing and gifts of healings like I walk in sometimes when that's on me. But that didn't operate 24-7 for me. And it never operates for me to get my healing anyway like that. It's always for other people. But God expects you, here's something to think about. If you've been in a church like this any length of time, you may not be able to get your healing like you used to. On the same level. Because He expects you to grow. It's interesting, isn't it? Hallelujah. I mean, there are times, now listen carefully, there are times when God moves divinely, supernaturally, by His power and gets somebody healed. And they don't even have any faith. But that's rare. And usually only one person gets it. What I'm teaching is for everybody. It's in our redemption. You know the angel went down and stir, stirred the waters. Wow. It's exciting. And I believe in angels. You know that. And we're going to teach again on the, on the angels real soon. Uh, you know when we work it out. <laughs> Along with the blood covenant and about 15 other things we need to hear. <laughs> Just stay with me about a decade. You'll get it. Give me 10 years with you. What's 10 years out of your life? We didn't, you don't have to move away. You don't have to go to a convention. Just show up for service. 
go back home and eat a peanut butter sandwich or whatever you fix. And, you know, I mean, praise God, you got it made. Bird's nest on the ground. I would to God somebody could have taught me what I'm teaching you. What was I saying? Hallelujah. Talking about the angels, thank you. Uh, you know, but see, even at all that, at all the dr drama to it and all the supernatural, only one person walked away healed and the whole multitude laid sick. Because that was Jesus initiating it. See, I'm trying to show you something here. Sometimes God initiates healing by His power. But the best way to get it is when you initiate it with your faith. Now, sometimes God puts the two together. We had a lady in a meeting in Nashville, Tennessee, a couple years back. And she, she came. She was pregnant about six months maybe. Had several ultrasounds. They said, well, this baby is messed up. The esophagus is not attached to the stomach. This is fatal. Uh, you ought to abort. Just let us, you know, do an abortion on you. And she wouldn't let them. And they kept trying to persuade her every time she went in. And they did the ultrasounds every month. And it kept appearing that way on their, on their screens and on their, all their tests that this baby's esophagus was not attached to the stomach. And so they, she said, well, I'm not going to abort this child. And she believed God. Now, she's using her faith as best she knows how. Got some scripture, stood on the word. And then she came to Brother Keith's meeting, Pastor Keith's meeting. And she didn't go to his church normally and just knew that I was coming. I don't remember if she'd ever been in any of my meetings or not. And one night I had a word of knowledge about uh, some kind of digestive situation. And nobody came. And I said, well, I just know that like I know my name and I know I'm a man that somebody, this for somebody here, and I'm going to hold on that until we get this resolved. And she finally moved out because she is thinking, well, I'm okay, you know. And then all of a sudden it dawned on her, my baby. This is a digestive problem, the esophagus with the stomach. That's the digestive tract. And she said, well, that's me. I th she said, I think that's my baby, Pastor. And I asked her what was wrong. She told me, and I said, we're going to believe God, and it's going to be all right. And I prayed, and she went back, and uh, the, 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 the ultrasound proved that the esophagus had now attached itself. And they wanted to argue with her. And they said, well, no, no, this must be a bad scope, a bad print here and something, you know, is not right with our machinery. And they tested her again several more times before the actual labor and delivery. And they kept saying, well, it looks this way, but we don't believe it. And we got a team of surgeons standing by for emergency surgery for your son if he even makes it through to get here alive. And the baby came out. He's totally normal. <laughs> totally. I mean, I saw him. He's about almost two years old now, a year and a half, two years old, I think. And... Uh, Ah, oh, it's just something, you know. So here was, a, here was a woman that used her faith on the Word and stood in faith, and then God used a man of God to come in a timely way and have a word of knowledge. God promote, promoted that, provoked that, and so it's a combination in that situation. But the best way to be healed is through your own faith. So we're going to have to preach this stronger and everything. Now, I can help you. I mean, I could agree with you. See what I mean? We can agree on things like that in the body. So don't get under it, but understand what I'm saying. If you've always been healed by one way alone and it's a lower level of faith, after you've been in Christ for a period of time and under up under the Word, God expects you to move beyond that. Now, you might get healed again that way. That's available, of course. But God may require a little different attitude in you or in me. Hallelujah, because he wants us to grow up. 
Now I'm talking about the will of God. Now let's look here at Matthew 4, verse 23 and following. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues or their churches, the, the Jewish church type uh, temple, you know, and preaching the gospel. Notice that and preaching the gospel. I want you to make a note of that. Preaching the gospel, not, not, not a Pentecostal form, not a Baptist form, not a Catholic form. Nothing wrong with those particular people, but we're talking about the gospel. That's what gets the job done. The gospel. And a lot of times those denominations are preaching some form of the gospel. But here it goes. He says, teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Now, I want you to notice the order here. It's teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. And, and thank God for the preachers in the land. I'm not one. I'm more of a teacher and a prophet. But the preachers sometimes, they inspire us to believe. But sometimes when they're through, I'm, I don't have a note at all. <laughs> Maybe a one-line thing they said, you know. But teachers help us to line it out. Teaching helps us to get it down in a format where this step one, step two, step three. And, and gets it in an orderly fashion where our, our thinking can assimilate it. I'm trying to help us here. So what I'm saying to you is, if we're not under teaching and preaching first of people who are preaching the gospel... We never get to this third one. Healing, and then it doesn't just leave it at healing. Then he adds this addendum, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. He didn't leave anything out. He didn't leave anything out. But we've got to get, get under the word of teaching and preaching of the gospel to qualify for the healing. And then not only that, but a healing that, it, that has such a scope and a, a broadness to us that, that it takes in all sickness and all disease. There's nothing hard for God. See, we're, we're, and I want to do more of this teaching along this line on Wednesday nights than I will on Sunday mornings for a while. You come Wednesday nights, we get a little more meaty. meaty. This is just sort of just uh, good things, but, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some things on Wednesday when I start teaching again. More meaty stuff. Hallelujah. About what we are in Christ. What we have in him. The devil is defeated. Now that's just not a nice cute thing I'm saying because somebody else said it. The Bible teaches that he's defeated. The Bible teaches that he's losing the strength he used to have. There's a fire in him that's consuming him. He's getting weaker as the days go by and we're all getting stronger. But he's defeated. He's under your feet. You got a message for the devil? Write it on the bottom of your shoe. Now, you could talk big like that and not mean it, and then you might, you know, it may not work for you like it should, but stay with the Bible, stay in church, stay with me, and we'll all get through it. Hallelujah. See, we've got to take the right mindset. So Jesus here, he, he's, he's going through all the Galilee. He's teaching, preaching, and healing in that order. And then in verse 24, he adds this other thought. His fame went throughout all Syria... That's another province, another nation really. And they brought unto him, notice that, they brought unto him. Now remember earlier I mentioned sometimes Jesus initiates things. Or God initiates it through the preacher. But if you'll study your New Testament, which we will over a period of time here on Sunday morning about healing, because we're going to talk about it for a few months here, maybe, I think. It says that they brought the people to him. 
you hear people say stuff like this, and they're smart Alex, you know. Well, you, you believe in healing at your church. Why don't you go down to the hospital and get them all healed? Well, what kind of thinking is that? Why don't you go get them all saved? Smart Alec. Why don't you get them all saved, big mouth? You know, I mean, people are going to have a decision to make themselves. Some people are believing in medicine. Some people are believing in themselves. Some people are believing in whatever. And you can't make people believe anything if they choose not to. That's one reason I don't. And Jesus didn't have that kind of percentage. I want to, now listen to me carefully. I'm telling you something that's real important here. Do you know that Jesus had the Spirit without measure? Without measure. Now, I got a measure to my anointing and measure to my office of ministry. But he had an unlimited measure and he couldn't even get them all healed because they weren't receiving and there's other obstacles to healing. Sometimes people are hateful and they want to be healed because they're in pain. But that don't qualify you to get healed just because you're in pain. Especially if you've got internal issues like anger, hatred, meanness, strife, bitterness, unforgiveness. Bad attitudes. Now you might get healed, but I wouldn't approach God like that. And so, you know, that's unreasonable for people to say. That's a bogus statement for people to make to me or any other person. We, we're, not, we're called to preach this, and people make the decision. I report, and they decide. Not everybody wants it. Not everybody will accept it. Not everybody will respond to it correctly. But I'm trying to show you that the majority of people in the New Testament that God healed, with some exceptions, like the angel and like Jesus down there, and it was in that same context, you know, the angel had already come, and this guy said, I, I couldn't even beat the guy to the pool, so here I am still stuck, sick. And he said, will you be made whole? And he said, I don't have any man to put me in. He said, rise and walk. And he rose up and walked, because Jesus initiated that on his side of it. Jesus came to the pool, is my point. I've had people healed too when I went to see them, but a lot of times, most of the time in the New Testament, people came to him to get healed. And I'm showing you the pattern here, teaching, preaching, and healing. Now see, I went out of my way recently to minister to somebody that needed deliverance. You remember me telling that story. And they didn't even have the courtesy to come to church. Well, I'm not going to do that again. Unless the Lord tells, and the Lord left that one up to me. See, we've got to learn some things here. You're not listening to me very good right now. You think, well, aren't you a minister? Yeah, but listen, not frivolous minister. Not stupid minister. I remember one time I went to pray. Helen and Junior are here today. I went to pray for Helen's daddy, Samuel, at Scottsburg Hospital. And I don't know, they may have remodeled it since I was there. But when you went in the front entrance of this hospital, it was just like a single, uh, a single uh, aisleway with doors off each side of rooms, you know, sick people. And Samuel was in the last room on the right side of down that hall. I'll never forget it. He's about 70 years old then. And I went in the room, talked to him for about 10 minutes, said, you saved Samuel? Well, he didn't know. And I said, you want to be healed, Samuel? He's in a breathing thing. I don't know. Something's wrong with his lungs or something. And I mean within 10 minutes, I led him to the Lord, laid hands on his chest, and the next day he got out of the hospital. And he went to the hospitals with me from that day forward. Healed. 
And, but here's my story. When I was coming back down that long hall, I was walking down the hall. I happened to look in a room, looked in several rooms, looked in a room, saw some young parents in there with a the baby in a, a baby bed. And I just kept walking, and the Lord said, I want you to go back and pray for that baby. Now, see, the Lord at that point was reaching out to that couple. Are you listening to me? See, I don't know if they were believing God or not. I walked in. I said, I don't know. Excuse me. I know you don't know me. My name's so-and-so. And I said, I see you're here and your baby. I said, I'd like to pray with you. Oh, they started crying. They were so excited. And so we prayed and God healed the baby. But see, now God initiated that. See, there's a difference. See, if people don't take responsibility, here's something else. You know healing can be lost? You know the book of Revelation says, hold fast that which you have. Somebody could be healed of uh, anything and then do neglect and slothfulness and not being thankful. After a period of time, it come back, come back even worse. John 5 says, go and sin no more, at least the worst thing come unto you. So there's a lot of reasons why people lose their healing. But you've got to hold on to what you got. You've got to possess that and keep possessing it. You know, everybody here, I don't have, we only got two or three copies of that in our bookstore if we have that right now. Everybody ought to read Dodie Osteen's story. Dodie Osteen's story of healing of cancer. I mean, it would revolutionize your life. Her husband stood with her for initially for the longest period of time. See, sometimes, and she told John, this is her own testimony, I heard it, I heard her tell it. Okay, so I'm, the time, I'm speaking something that's on public record. She said to John, they, of course, they went to the hospital and they, I don't know, I think they opened her up or something. I don't remember the details about that. I think they did and they sewed her back up and said, she's ate up with it, liver cancer, she's dead. Take her home. I think they may probably wanted to do something, you know, like they always want to do something on you. And uh, she, John took her home and she looked at John and said, honey, and said, I'm just too weak to fight this. You're going to have to help me. He said, well, that's why I'm your husband. And he said, I take authority over this cancer. I curse it. In Jesus. I command it to get out in Jesus' name. And then I think she did maybe have some treatments. I don't remember all the details now, but her liver was all messed up. And I know that he told about holding her, you know, in the bathroom, you know, different things she went through physically, mentally, emotionally. But he just kept on. He just kept on and 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 used his faith, kept saying to her, you're the healed of the Lord. I'm not going to let you die in Jesus' name. I rebuke you, Satan. Get out of her body. I curse you, cancer. I couldn't do that. Well, then you can die. You got to get serious about healing. And it don't have to be cancer. I got a friend of mine that's a pastor. Don't let me forget the Osteens. I want to come back to them. I got a friend that just fell fishing. I mean, Jerry Relaford fell in the river fishing. Just fishing. Fell over on a rock and cut his arm and got some kind of bacteria in there and started eating his flesh. And they couldn't stop it for several weeks. They said, this thing is serious here. You might lose your other arm. And if we don't stop it from getting to all the vital organs, you, you know, I mean, it's pretty serious. Just fell in the creek because there's germs all around us. I don't say that to intimidate. I say we need to wake up and be dogmatic, be uh, strong about it. Now, if I ask you if you're saved and you've been saved any length of time, you going to heaven, you'd scream, shout. And, Anybody going to hell? Anybody want to go to hell? Well, no. Come on, I'm getting a load up. Come on up here if you want to go to hell. Ain't nobody coming for that invitation. And if I sent some ushers to drag you up here, you'd be fighting them and pulling. I'm not going to hell. My 
Give me a seatbelt or something. I'm not going for that. Well, you know, you need to take the same attitude, the same diligence, the same adamant thing against sickness and disease. I'm not against medicine. I'm not against doctors. I'm telling you, though, and we can use them. We can use them. <laughs> Hallelujah. At best, that's what we do. And they, the, the real intelligent ones will be honest and say, well, we, we think this might help, but we can't give you a total guarantee. Well, the Bible says Jesus is the guarantee of this. Of course, they think we're nuts, most of them. You know, they don't, they don't understand. I don't understand why a person that's well-educated and would sit down with some human being and tell them, we don't know if this will do it. Like, we're going to try this. They want us to accept all of their situations all the side effects, all their medicine or whatever treatment they're going to take, and just sit there like, yeah, that's great, that's fine, we're going to do it. And then when the preachers come and say, well, uh, I want to get involved in this with my faith. Oh, you know, well, you know, we don't know about this God stuff. That doesn't even make any sense to me. I'm, cons I'm concerned about people's minds anymore in our thinking, in our, in our world. <laughs> the culture. Nothing wrong with using doctors, but doctors are not God. Preachers are not God. We know God. <laughs> Some of us do. <laughs> are you getting anything out of this? Oh, I left out the Osteens. So she made her a list of scriptures. I think we have that book or we can get it. We did have it. Uh, uh, her scripture. And she says these scriptures every single day. She doesn't miss. And she looks them up and says them and quotes them every single day. I mean, there's a big list of them. I don't know how many she's got. Huh? Forty-something? Forty scriptures. Forty scriptures. She confesses every day. Now, don't wait till you get a Dodi Osting report to do that. How about just two or three a day to start? I mean, I gave you that sheet on Jacob. Just take the two and confess them over him, confess them over you. Hallelujah. We're not against hospitals. We're not against medicine. We're not against medical treatment. That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, at best, they only say we can only do this or that, and we don't know. Well, we do know. We do know some things here if people believe it. And here's the other part. You're not the healer, and nor am I. Hallelujah. You hear people say, well, now, they were believing God, and, well, then they weren't believing God. Because the Bible says, Whoever, whatever things you believe, pray and believe you receive, you shall have. Either Jesus lied about it or your friend lied about it. And I mean, I don't care if it, it was all of you. You're, you know, if that would be the case, then you're a liar. I'd tell you to your face. Because I believe Jesus. And you need to take that attitude. You don't have to be mean with people, but my God, have some sense about you. If somebody says they're believing and it's not working, get a clue. If I said, well, I'm going to go home now and you, and you could drive by the church every day for 50 days at all different times and my car's sitting there and I've never went anywhere in it, it's not working. No matter what I say about it, it just ain't working. And go out there and there's no engine in it. Well, you know, there's nothing to turn it. You know, something's not right. It's not working. I had that happen recently. My car wouldn't work. Hey, this nice car and you won't work. What's the matter here? Work for me. <laughs> well, I just called the wrecker and the Lexus people and they come and took it. 
made it work. <laughs> Just need a little adjustment somewhere. All right, is anybody listening to me? I'm trying to preach this to you. See, we're talking about healing, God's will and healing. It's God's will to heal you just like it's God's will to save you. It's God's will to heal you just like it's God's will to prosper you. It's God's will to, to heal you just like it is for you to have a sound mind. It's just you make the decision to receive it, act on the Word of God, put the Scriptures in you, in your heart and in your mouth, and activate your faith and act on that Word. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Praise God. Don't let the devil play with your mind. Don't allow that. You know I, know, I know everybody means well, and I'm referring to some things now. You're not stupid. You can figure this out. But you let the devil play with your mind about stuff. What about this? What about that? What about... And you don't even know the answers. You're going to be in a mess. You're going to be in a mess. And I can't help you. I can't help you if you're going to do that. So you, you just need to settle it in your heart. You, what should you do? Go to the Word. That's what I do. Confusion ever try to get on you? Well, sure, every once in a while. How am I going to do this? What am I going to do about that? And, and i got to go right back to the Word. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I can guarantee you one thing. If you ain't got any faith, you're not going to do anything. And neither am I. If you don't have faith, I mean, y'all are wishing and hoping and acting a certain way and going to produce it. You've got to have the word in you. Talking some real truth here. I know I'm being a little straight and I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody, but we've got to get this straight in our thinking here about Jesus and the way he healed. Teaching, preaching, and healing. See, teaching, preaching, and healing. So what I try to do is put certain tapes in somebody's care that I know will teach the Word to them on a level that they need it. And if they'll stay with it, it'll drive all the doubt, all the whatever out, everything else out. It doesn't mean you don't have to deal with symptoms. We're not saying that. Everybody has to deal sometimes with symptoms, circumstances, and so forth. Even Brother Hagin said he hadn't had a headache since 1933, which blows your mind, and mine too, you know. But at the same time, he says, I've had a lot of opportunities. So we can see from that something's tried to come on him at times, and he resisted it. He's told that in his tape. So, I mean, I'm not saying nothing's not public knowledge. He had to resist it and take a stand against it. He's even had stuff come back on his heart a couple times. And he'd lay in bed, and he had heart symptoms like he was, you know. And then one time he was with Pastor So-and-So in his house. You probably heard that. And he, the pastor came in, and he laid hands on him, didn't even feel his heart and God stood the man up, stood up Brother Hagin, and he walked past and forth two or three times in the living room. His heart never beat. That's the life of God doing that. That's what happened there. And then it just kicked back in, got in rhythm. So we got to stand against some things. See, resisting. Resist Satan and he'll flee from you. But you got to stay with it. Okay, let's, let's read on here, verse 24. I didn't get this. I'm getting, I want to get down in this now. Come on. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I heard G.E. Patterson say that today. I just love him. Anybody know who G.E. is? Gilbert Earl. I said to Diana, Michael P. is going to preach up in the house today. He's so eloquent. He's such a great orator. He's such a wonderful community. He's a very intelligent man. But he gets funky, too. Like, <laughs> and I love it when he gets like out of shouting, and they got the organ. <laughs> 
and the bass guitar. Boom, 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 boom. He just blesses me. <laughs> and says in verse 24, his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him, notice they brought them to him, all sick people that were taken with different diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy and he healed them. And I added in mind just out to the side, he healed them all. It indicates he healed all those that came and the indication is so he's a healer and he's never changed. He's always been the healer ever since the beginning. Of course, Adam didn't need a healer. <laughs> I mean, he made the image of God. Everything's working just like clockwork until he submits to the devil in chapter 3 of Genesis. So, we, you know, you don't need a healer then, but then Satan gets involved with humanity and all of a sudden man starts breaking down in a lot of different ways. Now, since we're in Matthew, let's go to Matthew 15. I want to point out something and then I'm moving ahead to specific scriptures that reveal the will of God concerning healing. Matthew 15, this is so important. We've got to settle some of these questions. And here's the question I'm, I'm posing, and I'm going to give you the answer. Matthew 15, but this is the question. Does sickness glorify God? Absolutely not. There's nowhere in the scriptures that the Bible says that uh, the sickness glorifies God. Are you listening to me? I mean, even the man, and I'm going to read out of Matthew, but even there's a reference over in John, I think it's the ninth chapter, the man born blind, who sinned this man or his, uh, uh, you know, whatever, this man or his parents. And Jesus said, neither. But that the works of God may be done. I got to work while it's still light. In other words, the work of God hadn't been done yet. He was blind, but he was going to heal him. I don't know how intelligent people can twist the scriptures to their own destruction, but Peter understood that. He wrote about it in the second epistle. Some men twist the scriptures to their own destruction. I mean, you know, there's some heavy-duty things. I just got to take care of my own backyard. But, I mean, you know, stand before Jesus and he's going to say, Well, why didn't you teach that, son? What's wrong with you? And furthermore, I want to show you, you preachers, here's the scars that caused you to be able to preach divine healing. You know, I think maybe those are some of the tears he's going to have to wipe away. But then he said, we're all going to get praise of God. I believe when it's all done, he's going to make us feel great, even in some of our ignorance. I want to thank you men for what you did for me. Looking back there, I'm in the 557,000th row. <laughs> He said, Pastor Jacob's taught a lot about angels. Angel 57 and 482, fly back and get him. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> I love it. Are you just kidding? I don't know. Do you know it ain't going to be that way? It's not going to be that way? Excuse me. All right, let's look at Matthew 15. We're looking now, does sickness glorify God? <laughs> I'm having a good time today. <laughs> Matthew 15 verse 29 and following and Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there and great multitudes came unto him having with him those that were lame blind dumb maimed and many others and cast them down at Jesus feet and he healed them insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw 
the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Notice the phrase in verse 31, when they saw. In other words, when they saw these people healed, then they glorified the God of Israel. When they saw that. They didn't glorify God for the sickness, they glorified God for the deliverance. They didn't glorify God for the weakness. They glorified God for the healing and the restoration. Some of them were maimed, maybe didn't have hands or a foot or an ear or whatever. And Jesus healed them. And then verse 32, just for this just to be interesting, extra benefit to us really. Then Jesus called the disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me. I want you to underline that. They continue with me. They continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. You know, here's the thing. Sometimes people want things done in a moment of time. And here's the thing. They were continuing with Jesus. See, there's evidence, of course, knowing Jesus, of course, that he was teaching and preaching to them. And they'd been around him and around us preaching and teaching for three days. That doesn't take you three days to get healed. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a... there's there's a point I'm making here. They continue with me. It's just important that we continue with the Lord. And you and I, all of us as people, human beings, you, you know, when I first began to get light on a subject, naturally I have questions. Are you listening to me? I have questions about it. And when I first began to get light on deliverance, I thought, well, how does this work? How do you cast the devil out of somebody? And, and how do you go about that? And what do you say? And how do you know da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? And how do you know if it's a devil or just a, a sickness that's brought by a disease germ or whatever? Is it one and the same? And how do you do that? How do you discern that? And all? I mean, I had to learn all those things through scriptures and prayer time and my time with the Lord. And then God showing me more and more about this realm of deliverance. I'm just using that as an example. But when I first got light on it, I had a lot of questions. When I first began to understand that God's a healer and wants to heal people, then my questions were, well, why doesn't he heal everybody? Well, I've answered several of those today. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you don't hear the word on healing, you can't have faith to be healed. That's number one issue. And then here's a, here's a really number one that even before that, the root of the thing. If people don't settle it, it's God's will to heal them. They cannot get it. You have to know that it's God's will to heal you. Just like it's God's will to save you or what we call in our way of thinking theologically in a church like this, the new birth or becoming a new creature. You know, I know it's God's will to save everybody because the Bible says he's not, he's not uh, willing, he's not willing, he's not willing that any should perish. Well, if he's not willed that any perish, his will would be that everybody not perish or go to hell, but that everybody would get to go to heaven. Everybody would receive him. Everybody would accept him. Everybody would take the new birth and come into the kingdom, come into the family, be a part of what he is and what he wants to do. Is that right? So it's not his will that any perish, but it's also not his will for people to be sick in the body. I mean, we're under a new covenant, beloved, that's under the blood of Jesus. And we've got the name of Jesus Christ, the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost Himself lives in us. Ain't no man alive in, in the Old Testament that had the Holy Ghost like you do. Jesus said, among those born of women, there's not a greater than John the Baptist, the prophet. But he that's least in the kingdom is greater than John. My God, what kind of authority has He given us? 
And yet under that old covenant, they're eating that lamb and putting the blood on the doorpost and everybody eating and they all went out and healed three million people. From the nursing baby to the pregnant mommies to the elderly. My God, they were all healed. They weren't sick at all. None of them were sick. There wasn't one, there wasn't one feeble one among them. And sometimes we have prayer lines. We got everybody lined from wall to wall every time we give an invitation for this. Not mad at you, I love you, but my goodness, got to catch up. You got some catching up to do. <laughs> got some catching up to do. Some catching up. You want to be a New Covenant believer? You want to go to a church like this? I, get with the program. You don't even need to be concerned about Jacob. You need to be concerned about you. He's got a handle on some things, much more than most people I'm around. He never talks about fear and unbelief to me. If he does it somewhere else, I don't know about it. But I'm telling you, that man's locked down on it. And I'm locked down on it. I want your help. I need your help. But you need to be concerned about what I'm telling you today. I'm not talking to anybody but you. 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 <laughs> they continue with me now. Three days. I mean, I got many books in the bookstore. I got other books in the bookstore. I mean, my goodness, you could fast a meal and go buy a book. And if you just come to church and take notes on what I'm saying, that would do a lot. But we got to get established in these things. I'm not against you. If you need help, we want to help you. You know that. My heart is to help you. How many times have I prayed for people in this church? And I'll continue to pray for you, but there comes a point down through here where you ought to be praying for people. And I don't mean in front of the church like you're somebody. You know, there's a world out here. Byron going to the jail. And people, you know, people need to go to the hospital sometimes. I need to call on people that can go to the hospital and deal with it. And you might have to put on gloves and a mask and everything if it's a contagious disease. You better be telling me the truth if I ask you and you say, oh, I can handle it and not get up to the door and go, oh, my God, I told Pastor I'd go. I better get in, but I'm about ready to, to have a, a Huggies fit here. See, we need some people that are strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And that's you I'm talking to. You are strong. I'm not putting you down. But I'm saying, again, by comparison to that old covenant and comparison to what we walk in today, Dr. Dufresne said that not recently to me, but he travels all over, you know, the country all the time. And he said the same in his meetings. You know, people just, a lot of people are sick, weak. Dealing with symptoms. We're not putting anybody down. We've all been through that. I mean, we've all had opportunity to be sick, and some of us have been. But we're the healed of the Lord. That's our thought life. That's our mindset. We are redeemed. Jesus bore. By his stripes, I am healed. Now, if you need pastor to lay hands on you, that's fine. We can do that. You need agreement, we can do that and different things. We're not opposed to that. You need to go to the doctor, go. You don't go if you need to go. And if you're going to be in a lot of pain, you're not going to read your Bible anyway. You try to read it and you can't even sit there. for. You know, so use some wisdom. We're not talking about doctors and medicine. That's a portion of what we'll talk about at some point. There is, there is scripture to indicate you could do that and not be condemned. Hallelujah. But not be willing to stay like that your whole life. See? 
See, not be willing to stay like that your whole life. Stepping it up and moving with God. Now let's talk for the last few minutes here uh, a little bit about Jesus uh, being the will of God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Go over there with me, uh, please, to Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, I want to read something over here. And <clears throat> praise God. <laughs> Man, God loves us so much. He wants us well. I'm so thankful He included healing in my redemption. I'm so thankful He included uh, soundness of mind in my redemption. But sometimes, I mean, see, you know, we sing this song and then the churches, a church and just like individuals, we go through changes at times. Sometimes we have more pressure than others. And uh, we sing that song, you know, uh, he takes all my cares. Well, we need to give them all to him. We need to give them all to him. I can't change any other human being but me. Well, that's amazing revelation. So, someone asked me a while back, how can you separate yourself from a situation uh, enough to move in this line and think this way, you know, when that's going on? I said, well, uh, the Lord showed me how to years ago. Yeah, it's real good. My very, few, my very first funeral that I ever did. I said, now, Lord... You know, this didn't turn out right. But here's the other part of that. How do I deal with me? And you're going to have to ask God for yourself. You know, because you've got a past with you somewhere. The past doesn't equal the future, but you've got to deal with what I just said. Hey. And I learned to do that by faith is what I learned. And Lord, show me, use your faith and walk away. Use your faith. Are you me? I said, no, I'm not you. Well, then quit trying to be me. Okay. Had that happen one other time where that the care of things got on me to where, I mean, I was consumed with something. And the Lord rebuked me. He was, he was pretty, pretty hot. He said, you better get that off of you. You better get that off of you. You better get that off of you. I said, eh. and I had to pull over in my car. And we had a big talk about it, you know, and. I said, yeah. I'm. He said, you got a part to play and I got a part to play and don't get those confused. See, and you know, I know these are hard things for you to grasp, put your faith around maybe if you're not used to this kind of thinking. But that's why we've been in an infantile state. We're not used to this kind of thinking. We need to get our thinking changed. I do my part, God does his part. And the other person, if there's another person involved, he does his part or she does her part. I can't do your part. As much as I love you, I can't do your part. And you can't do my part. And neither of us can do God's part. Boy, that's a revelation. It sounds so simple when I say it. You know, we're all listening. But to walk that out day by day is another deal. You can either do that or not have a sound mind. See, people, people mistake this, what I'm saying here. And I know I'm talking in some strength here to you. You know, you're going you're gonna to have to wrap your faith around what I'm saying and think about it. But people mistake that as a lack of care. Man, I'm as emotional and caring as any other human being I've ever met. And more so than some. But I've had to learn to walk by faith out of necessity. 
as much as anything else. Hallelujah. Isn't that right, Brother Dale? We have learned some things. Are you listening to me? I had pain in my side. didn't go away for months and months and then turned into years and then a decade. And, you know, I mean, most people just say this stuff doesn't work. I quit. But not me. No, I'm not a quitter. No, you can't make me quit. Nobody can make me quit. I don't care what you do. Come, go, live, die. Be mean, be mad, be nice, be sweet. You can't make me quit. My wife could leave. She doesn't make me quit. See, I made my mind up a long time ago. Now, you've got to settle some of these things. And the way that I did it, and I had, when I got revelation on covenant, that my number one covenant is with God Almighty. And I settled some things with him. I took Lord's Supper, and I said, from this day forth, this is the way it's going to be for me and you. And he said, yeah, I like that. I'm glad you got a hold of it. Of course, you know, the devil comes and tries to rattle you at times. And you've got to hunker down and say, no, I made a commitment there. I'm not going to touch that with my thought life. I'm not going to touch that with my thought life. Yeah, but, oh, oh, but pastor, what do you do when the pressure comes? And I just keep it up. I take authority in English. I may say I take authority over those thoughts. I cast you down. I told the Lord I wouldn't entertain stuff like that. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I don't let you play with my mind. Get out of here! I could never do that. Well, then go ahead and have an unsound mind. I don't know what else to tell you all. I'm trying to pre-warn you. Thank you. I appreciate somebody saying something here because you all look so quiet and somber. It's not. This is a great. This is a great message. Not because I'm preaching it, but because it's the Word of God. And these are steps you have to make in your life as you go on with God. And you think through on things a little. And you begin to get some revelation. And you say, Father, I see now that I was thinking wrong about this. i got to switch over and think like you would think about this situation. And this is what you said. The word you said in Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep me in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I'm not going to keep my mind on the symptoms. I'm going to keep my mind on what somebody else said about it. I'm going to keep my mind stayed on you. Hallelujah. You know, you could, you could know some things about other things. I'm talking about healing and symptoms, healings versus symptoms and things. You could know some things in the natural or whatever, but you keep your mind stayed on the Lord. Doesn't mean you have to be, uh, have no knowledge of something per se, but you have to be careful. Lot, most of you cannot handle knowledge when it comes to the realms of sickness and disease. That would, would help you. I have a friend, I haven't seen him in years really, and he was in my Bible study years ago and he started the medical school. He went about two years. He said, my goodness, I had to quit. <laughs> I said, what's the matter? He said, man, I couldn't take it. Because he said, there's such a minute little thing that can, tear your, can come into your system and just totally shut it down. And he said, it's just, there's all kinds of stuff goes on inside you you don't even know about that keeps you well. And he said, I got to studying all that and it made me nervous. It made me feel insecure. Sure. 
Now, there are good doctors that are faith doctors. Don't misunderstand. There are good Christian men and women, and there should be in the medical field. But you'd have to be called to have the grace to deal with all that because that's just too much information for the average person when they start giving you details. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just trying to... Now, you know, and if God shows you... See, here's the difference. If God says, okay, let's say you have something, just any of you, and you say, God said to you, I want you to study up on that a little and find out about it because there may be something you can, you can do about it that's real simple. That's a, that's a word from God. That's a different. But just to go and immerse yourself in stuff uh, medically, uh, you're, you're, you're barking up a big tree. And trees liable to fall on you. So you've got to keep yourself sort of, you know, here's the thing. What does the Bible teach us? We renew our mind to the Word of God so we're not conformed to the world. See? Are you listening to me? So, you know, some situations, some places you go, uh, you're going to see, you see sick people. Well, you see some deathly people. Those of us that are spiritual sometimes can see death on them. And we know without some kind of major miracle, they, they won't make it. But a person that isn't geared to that and can't handle that very well, she has no business being in a position like that to see that. Got enough to deal with. All right. I know we've, we've elaborated a little bit here. But we're all right. We're still talking about God's will for healing. It's God's will to heal you. Whatever you have or whatever's come against you, let me say it that way. Don't claim it as yours. So I, let me straighten out my talk here. You know, it's, it's something the devil's tried to put on you. See, remember we went over this Wednesday night, and maybe you need to mention this, and I'm going to read out of Hebrews before I get out of here today. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you have to take the attitude, I'm the healed, and Satan's come to try to take my health. Don't take the attitude, I'm the sick, and I'm trying to get well. Because here's what happens. If you don't have any changes in your body immediately or soon, most people, they're looking for a release in the natural. And if they don't get it, then they think they're still sick. But here's the key. Let me, can I share a key before I read Hebrews? I'm off in something here. You get healed because you believe it in your heart first. You receive with your heart, not your body. You receive with your heart, your inner man. Which you can't even see. You can't even see that you just, you're looking at me today. You're not literally looking at me. You're looking at the man that's I'm on the inside and I got these two ports here called eyeballs. I'm looking out at you, but these are all physical eyes and the physical brain and the cased in this body is me, the Michael Jacobs, the real Michael. And I have to receive on the inside first in order for it to manifest on the outside later. Are you getting this? See, so sometimes we got to understand these terms and the, and the ways we approach things, at least we get confused down through here. Now, here's what I wanted to say, and I, I'm going way back now before I read Hebrews. Stay with me. I said, Jesus had the Spirit without measure, and yet all His healings were not instant. You know, the lepers came, and He said, go your way. Uh, go show yourself to the priest in Luke 17, 11 through about 19 there. And they, as they went, they were healed. They weren't instantly healed. We know, the, we know the, the man who came in John 4 for his son. 
He said, go your way, your son lives. And he started back home. The servant did, the man did, uh, the son. And when he got close, his servant ran to him and said, hey, your son's revived. He said, when did that start? He said, yesterday about seventh hour. He goes, that's when Jesus said to me, your son lives, go your way. Because the man believed the word. He had no evidence that anything had changed. He's in another city. He didn't have a cell phone, a pager, fax machine strapped to his back. But he believed the word of Jesus. And if he'd have called home right at that moment, they would have said, well, nothing's changed yet. You know, the fever broke right after that, and he began to amend. So Jesus even had the spirit without measure. He didn't get everybody instantly healed. But healing can come progressively, and it still be a miracle. It says in John there, John 4, it was a miracle. Wow. So if I have the Spirit by measure and Jesus had it without measure, then I could see people getting healed under my ministry, some instantly, but some progressively. Brother Dale brought to my attention this week, I thought bring this up, I'm going to read Hebrews 4, 2 o'clock, so hang on. We were thinking, he and I used to go visit a lot back when I was in my second church. And uh, we went to see this young lady out in the country, and she had all these warts on her feet. I mean, they were, they were ugly all over her toes. How many do you think she had? Twelve to twenty on her feet, on the top of her feet. And she, she is about a 16-year-old teenager in my church. She said, Pastor Michael, and Dale was with me. She said, you know, I'm embarrassed to show you this, but said that's what my feet look like. And I want to be a young lady that can wear sandals and open-toed shoes and stuff like that. And said, this looks terrible. And she said, would you and Dale pray for me? I said, we sure will. And we said, in Jesus' name, I speak to you, warts. Listen to me. You know warts have ears? I said, I curse you in the name of Jesus and command you to die and fall off. And within about 10 days, they all fell out. And her feet's just as normal as anybody's feet. And then Brother Dale, he had a growth on his wrist called a ganglion. It's like a little tumor cyst type thing. It's not, it's not malignant. It's just a little thing that fills up with fluid and whatever. And uh, he, 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 he came for prayer one, one night. This was years ago in the 70s. And we said, I curse this in Jesus' name, command it to die and go away. And what took my hand off of it is still looking at me. But within a couple of weeks, it, it just dissipated and went down as normal. He's never had surgery on it and it's gone. Over 20 years now that's been gone. His wife, Arlene, sitting right here, she had a tumor or some kind of cyst or something in her breast. Went to the doctor. He found something. She came to see me as a pastor. I laid hands on her head and I said, I curse that in your chest in Jesus' name, command it to dissipate, disappear, and go away. And I don't know how long it took, but it dissipated. It's never come back, has it? Pam, Pam, Pam Knight goes to church here. I think the same for her. I think the same for one of our ex-members now, Lori. Same thing. And on and on and go. I was in South America about five, six years ago and prayed from the front after I preached. I prayed for tumors. And the lady had a tumor about the size of a walnut under her armpit. And I said, go to the restroom, check yourself. Immediately after we prayed, she went to the restroom. We, we took a little 10-minute break to get a cup of coffee. She came back screaming and said, my gosh, it's gone. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Totally dissipated. We had a lady healed last, last, last uh, spring in uh, in Honduras of cancer. I don't even remember praying for her, to be honest about it. And I've remembered some people, but I didn't remember her. I prayed for a baby in Honduras two or three years ago. Somebody maybe that's here today was on that trip with me, and the, my interpreter came back and had a tumor in its side, and you could feel it. And, and I prayed for the baby and then prayed for Mama. Mama was ate up with care. She looked like she was dying. And uh, 
uh, you know, and so the, all of a sudden my interpreter ran back over. Some other interpreter took over for him. I don't remember how that went. Somebody and ran back over with the baby in about two minutes and said, the tumor's gone, tumor's gone. I said, you sure? I said, Let me feel it. <laughs> it's gone. Well, God is do supernatural things when people believe. We have to know it's the will of God to heal us. I'm not the healer. I'm just a messenger of his power and his word. Now let me read Hebrews. I got to read this one verse. I'm, I got to quit too. Hebrews 1 verse 3. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. It says here, he is the, it's talking about Jesus. Because you know, we're, we're going to talk here about the will of God for just a second. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outraying of ra or radiance of the divine. And he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. I wanted to say that to you. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. So I'd like to say it this way. When I look at Jesus, I see the very image of God, not any deviation from him at all. We read already earlier today, and I'm going to quit with that. We read already in Matthew how they came to him, and he, or rather he went preaching, and then they brought the sick to him, but he was preaching, teaching, preaching, and healing. Hallelujah. You see, when we see Jesus, we see the image of God in action. We see, he said one time, I only say what my father says. He said in another place, I only do what my father does. I only do what I see my father do. So Jesus was the express image of the father. He never put sickness on anybody. Now, if you need healing, I want you to come forward, and I need a couple men to move the, platform, move the podium. If you need healing today, would you please come up?